Spirit, one true God. Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Christo ha resuscitado. Christos vos crece. Christo gaukitan. Christ is risen. So today we hear this very long and complex reading about this man who was born blind. And it asks us some questions. The Lord has asked some questions. And the questions that the Lord has been asked by his disciples in particular, and the challenges that are posed to him by the Pharisees are things which demand from us that we think through some things. And the first thing that his disciples say to him is, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? And our Lord answers him, answers them, neither did this man sin nor his parents but it was in order that the works of God might be revealed in him. Because he is the light of the world. Because Christ is the light of the world. Now, normally when we think of things, there's one correct way, one out of several correct ways to think about things. And that is that when we encounter the problems of the world, we say, oh, the world is sinful, and thus uh, there are all these problems in the world, and uh, somebody being born blind is a, a mark of the, the trouble that the world goes through, or even some, somehow it's a sign of the sin in this world. But there's another way of thinking of it. That way that where you think of it, you're thinking of you know, tracing some roots of problems back to some original problem. And the Bible does that. It traces our sin back to Adam and Eve. And it traces the fallenness of the world back to Adam and Eve. But there is another way, a way which our Lord approves in this gospel where you're not looking for the, the background and the root of certain problems in this world, but instead what you think of in the mind of God, with the mind of God. The mind of God that sees past sin, sees past fallenness, sees past anything that seems somehow incomplete is that God brings all things to completion. That God is the maker, and the God is not the maker just at some point in the distant past and then something breaks and then he's just, you know, it's all over. But God is the maker at all times. God is the creator at all times. And we forget this. I mentioned it several times. But Moses tries to get out of his work as a 
a prophet, as the one who receives the law from God, by saying, oh, I, I can't speak, I, you know, I've got a slow tongue, you know, basically saying, God, well, you made me this way, I don't think I could do this. And God tells Moses instead to remember who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I the Lord? Therefore go, with, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And Moses keeps on complaining. But he says, go, I'm going to make it better. Don't worry about it. And even if you need help, take your brother. And even though you say that you can't do something, that you don't have the, the capacity to do something, that you, you're lacking this ability to speak, or in the case of the blind man, lacking the ability to see, in this very place, I wish to show the works of God, the marvelous works of God. And for Moses... Even though he says he's slow of speech, God says, go and I will, I will work with your mouth. And I will make you like a god to Pharaoh. Like a god. What does this mean? This means that where we experience some sort of shortcoming in our lives, Yes, we can go through a whole genealogy of sins, whether it be the sin of Adam and Eve or some sort of sin that we have, you know, we seem, seem to see that things are repeated through the generations in our own families or whatever. And they certainly are repeated dramatically. We don't look at those things. We don't trace those genealogies how one sin led to another sin the only way the only reason why you even look at that is not to put the blame somewhere else or to make an excuse but to say well how do I get over this <clears throat> how will you act in my life to make me able to see because we shouldn't be distracted by sin. We shouldn't be distracted by sin to do it, and we shouldn't be distracted by sin because it seems so heavy or because it seems so difficult, and because it seems so difficult to get over it, and because we have so many reasons for, for sinning. And also we shouldn't be distracted by our lack or our incompleteness in this world. Which is not even about sin, of course. You know, if I'm born with some particular lack, if I lack the ability to see or the ability to hear, it's not a sign of sin. It's a special place where God is going to show us something if we choose to seek Him. If we choose to understand His power as Creator, 
and the place, sometimes the place where we feel the most inadequate, God is going to create something great if we pray, if we seek his presence. Isaiah tells us that God has created us for his glory. If we take his name upon us, understand who God is. He has created us for glory. He has formed us. He has made us. He says in Isaiah 42, uh, 43, 8, Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let them be assembled. Let them be my witnesses. Let them tell you what is truth. You are my witnesses. You will know that I am he, I am the God. Besides me there is no savior. You are my witnesses. I exist before all time, before the day was, I am. So come and see, even if you don't have eyes. Come and hear, even if you have no ears to hear. Come and become witnesses. We are supposed to be witnesses of God. And this blind man, even better than the paralytic in the previous two Sundays back, and more like the Samaritan, is a witness. The Samaritan woman witnesses despite her own public record of sins. And this man, despite his public blindness before everyone else, becomes the one who tells everybody what there is to see. And that is someone who brings him salvation, someone who brings him the truth of God's word, who is the word of God. This is what we are to see with this man, this blind man. So our Lord heals on the Sabbath, and that is one of the things that they bring against this man. The Lord heals on the Sabbath. God didn't make the Sabbath just to break it. And I've heard that sometimes preached. But that's not, that's totally incorrect. God is not contradicting himself. God made the Sabbath to fulfill worship. God made the Sabbath to give us rest in some divine and unfathomable way that comes true in our Lord Jesus Christ. That the blind man receives the rest that he has when he sees Christ. The blind man receives the rest which allows him to worship. Because that's why we have rest. We have rest to worship. That's why everything is supposed to close down. If we weren't, you know, worshiping mammon instead. Everything is supposed to close down. And all the more should be closed down because of, you know, multiple religions in our society. So it should be closed down on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Because God wishes to give us sight and rest in our sight to be able to witness him. The other thing that the Pharisees bring against him, they said, you know, you're going to teach us. Who are you to teach us? We are disciples of Moses. Who are you to teach us? You're just a sinner. Well, because that's the way that we think in this world. If you have something that happens wrong to you, everybody should stand a little bit at a distance. Or perhaps, you know, even if you don't stand at a distance, you understand that somehow this person has made it that way because they did this and this and this, or because, you know, they come from this and this part of society, and so this and this is supposed to happen to them. And we just explain it all away, and we don't really take seriously the fact that God works with all of us. And why did they consider this man to be a sinner? Well, you know, he's just some guy that sits out there and begs. He wasn't somebody that was studying the law. And studying the law is a good thing. Studying the scriptures is a good thing. Worshiping regularly is a good thing. Knowing more is a good thing, but when you come and you stand before the God who is the maker of all things and you know, what should you be knowing? When you learn from the maker of all things, what should you be learning that he can make? Not just once at creation, but he can make things new again and again. And there are things still yet to be done. When God makes the world in the symbolic way that the Bible shows in making the world in seven days, it's not done. Because we don't even know that those seven days are entirely something in the past. And certainly the seventh day is not fully complete. The Sabbath is not fully complete until God and man really rest on Sabbath. And we saw that. That's Holy Saturday, when our Lord lies in the tomb as God and man. There was never, ever before, and there will never, ever be again a more perfect fulfillment of the Sabbath than our Lord did in the tomb. God and man rested in front of the whole world in the tomb. And this is towards that fulfillment of rest that he does all these things on Sabbath. So as to say, I am going to remake the world by resting as God and man on the Sabbath day. So that's why he is doing these miracles on the Sabbath day. And those miracles are works of God which point towards the work of God that he does when he rests and we rest together. The resting is more about being together, knowing our togetherness with God. Being together with God and knowing our togetherness with God. 
And that does not allow for us to say, oh, well, you know, there's some category of people that are sinners. And we know that, you know, they're going to have a lot of bad stuff. So we can discount what they say about the works of God in their life. We can't. So, these Pharisees, what are they doing? They're saying that the world is bound by sin and we can't possibly see that God could show himself to sinners. It's the same sort of logic that the friends of Job, in the book of Job, Job suffers all kinds of tragedies and he never sins. And his friends come and so-called friends come and tell him he sinned in so many different ways. But he didn't. But God was showing something wondrous in him, even through the terrible, bad things that happened to him. God is there to show us something. And none of these things that are bad in this world have any lasting value. But what does last is God's work. And he takes all the bad things that happen to us, whether it be sickness, whether it be difficulties with sins, he takes those things and if we go to him and ask him for help, he makes it a place where we learn to be completed in him. So these Pharisees saying, He's a, you're a sinner, so what can you teach us? Are blinding themselves to God's work. God's ability to work. Because God is working at all times. And if we understand that God makes the hearing ear and the seeing eye, and if we open our eyes to see him, then we can be completed, then we can see where we did not see. We can become witnesses to God and know his goodness in our life. And we make all these things in faith. We make all these things places where we're asking for God to complete his work in us. This is why he came to die on the cross, to complete his work in us. When God made the world, he knew that he was going to have to send his only begotten son into the world to save it. He knew what work he was going to have to do, and it wasn't just making the world in seven days. It was making the world in seven days, and on the seventh day, dying and rising. So he knew that work. He knew that rest meant that. So we have to know that Christ comes here to complete his work in us by dying with us and rising with us. And in the end, 
the same one who dies and rises and who celebrates the Sabbath in the tomb with us, is the one who is going to complete us in the Holy Spirit, the way that he works in our life continuously. The Holy Spirit that we're going to celebrate coming on the apostles before too long comes to make us complete and to give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and to even to make us like a God. Because we hear him, because we are sent by him, because we witness to him. And so let us be the blind who now see, be witnesses to him, and know his power to complete and not be distracted by the things which hold us back, but rather ask God's work in these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one true God.